Thank you for downloading The Pursuit Podcast. For more information on The Pursuit, visit thepursuitsoco.com. One night, I'm a little ashamed of it, but it happened, all right? There was one night I was just thinking about it, and I just started crying, honestly. Just so overwhelmed with, with all the, the love that we got. So just thank you guys so much. Really love you guys. So excited for this journey. We're, it's going to be so good. Amen? Okay. I have a lot to get to, so I hope you don't care about lunch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I hope you don't care about dinner, really. That's what it is. Um, can you please pray for me? Because yesterday Emily was like, all right, what do you, what do you need for tomorrow? You're going to be preaching? And I said, I just need Jesus. <laughs> I need a whole lot of Jesus right now. So God, I just, I thank you for this morning. I, I pray that um, like every Sunday, it's all about your presence. It's all about you speaking. It's all about you moving. And so we just pray for that. We just pray for an awareness of you in this room moving and speaking to us. And even individually where you're at, it's all about you and your connection with God right now. It's not about what I say. It's about you and the Father speaking to you right now. You and the Holy Spirit right where you're at, just interacting with you. That's my hope. That's my prayer every single time. So I pray for it this time. Amen. Okay. Today, I, it's a really interesting topic to me. I, I'm excited about it. I love, I love the prep of messages. Uh, then when I speak them, I'm like really introverted and I don't like being the center of attention, so I don't like it. But I love the process of getting ready for it. And, and it's this message of standing in faith, but then the other side of what do we do with our feelings? Because faith is so powerful, it's so amazing, and yet we also have this, this side of our feelings, our emotions, and, and faith and feelings have this fascinating relationship. They're very distinct, they're different, they're not the same, but they, they have a voice into the other side. And sometimes, classically, I, I've stood on faith, but then I, I just threw away feelings, and, and that didn't really help all that much. No. You know, like, and so today, I'm, my hope is to say, how can we do both sides really well? Yeah. So that's what we're going to look into. Um, I want to go to James 1, if you want to go along there. James 1, 6. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. That's pretty, that's pretty hard. This is like, that's a hard word to receive. But when I hear that, it reminds me of when I was a, when I was a kid. I had, I had brothers and we would go to the ocean and one of the games we would play is we would go as far as we could into the ocean and, and just try and take the wave, right? Did anyone else do that? Okay. And so it was like this competition. Who could go farther into the ocean and just take the biggest wave, you know, and just stand firm in it? Like, it was like this test of strength. And I was the youngest one, so it didn't go very well for me. I would <laughs> flop over, and it was wonderful. But that, that's this picture that I, I see when I, when I think of standing in faith. Like, no matter what happens, I believe you. Like, no matter what I'm feeling in the midst of anything, I want to stand in that because it's so 
valuable. But sometimes, you know, those waves, sometimes it's these emotions and these feelings. And yes, there's this moment of standing firm, but I've realized as I think about that picture, sometimes I end up living there because I don't deal with the emotions, I don't deal with the feelings, I end up living in this place because I swept it under the rug, never dealt with it, and then eventually the waves get me. Eventually the faith that I wanted and believed I, I should stand on is no longer there. And I think there's a lot of examples of this, but I'm just gonna go through a few of them that have happened in my own life. And one of those is, is standing and believing for healing. And I remember in college there was this, there was a season I was, I was going out and praying for healing and I would see it so often. It was, it was exciting, it was thrilling. But then there was one week where I was going out and there was five different occasions where I stepped out, prayed for healing, and nothing happened. And I wish I could say af after the end of five times I went home still like standing on faith, but I went home and I remember just feeling so hurt, so almost like sad, like just what, in confusion. Like, God, what happened? Like, I believed. And that was, you know, stepping out as hard as vulnerable, you know, and, and, and I remember that. And, and I remember just having a, a little bit after that, I was like, I don't want to go out. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. Like, that hurts. And sometimes those seasons are longer than I would like to admit. You know, of just the waves crashing over and, and not dealing with that, and I end up losing faith in that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Happens a lot. I, I, another on, on healing is in Brazil, I, I, got, I had this word of knowledge of eyes being healed. And so there was these people that came up first person I prayed for had these really thick glasses. They were legally blind, prayed for them, and in one prayer, completely, miraculously healed. Amazing celebration. They were so excited. I was so excited. And the next person I prayed for, I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and nothing. And it was so interesting, because we're afterwards, we're all sitting down at the table sharing these stories, and I, I felt really excited for what happened, but I also, I felt more emotional about the, the ones that didn't get healed. That's an odd thing to deal with. It's like, yes, I stood in faith, but the, the feelings, the emotions were there. And I don't think I knew how to really process that, really deal with that in the moment. And so it can, it can stick with you. Yeah. It can stick with you. And not just with healing, um, Another story I had, maybe just the voice of God, and back in college again, um, there was something that was really, really important for me. And as I was praying about it, I felt like God said, it's gonna happen. And it, it came along, it was, it was really heavy on my heart, and it didn't. And I went away, and it was, it hit me hard. It hit me really hard where I went back and just, I felt hurt by God. I felt betrayed. I felt sh so shaken in my faith of like, but I felt like I heard. And it was completely wrong. And for a good month, I, I like, those emotions got the best of me. 
those emotions were like, I don't want to go close to God right now. Like, I know I believe in him, I, I want relationship to him, but there's some things that are easier, and hearing his voice right now, I, I don't even want to listen. And the only thing that got me out of it, it wasn't dealing with emotions well at that time, but it was this thing that got dropped into my spirit, I feel like, that was just, when I get to heaven, I, I want to be rebuked for having too much faith rather than too little faith. And I heard that, and it gave me this courage to say, you know, I want to err on the side of faith, even if it hurts. And so I didn't deal with emotions well, but it did reinvigorate me to say, you know what, I want to stand in faith again, even if it hurts. Because both sides are important, and this is what I want to get to. But if you can relate, I, I'm, I'm sure there's, you've gone through hard times, difficult times, times where it's like, God, I need you to show up right now. God, I need you to show up in this way. And sometimes he doesn't show up how you wanted him to. <laughs> and he doesn't show up how you believed and expected that he would. And in those times, what are the feelings and emotions that almost become the waves that you have to stand in? And so today is learning how do we do both? How do we do both well? And I, I, I'm going to start kind of on the faith side of things because I think this is so important. It is important to stand firm. And I want to start with um, trust and faith is, is so beautiful and there's such a value in what you believe. And it, it's, it's fascinating. I've been looking at these stories because faith will really dictate what you get to see in life. What you believe will change what you experience. It is, it is a foundational principle. It will happen. What you believe is what you're going to be able to see. It's so important. And, and there's, there's a few stories I want to get into that really uh, show this pretty well, is that there's one event that happens, and people have different faith, and they experience different things. And I've been looking at these stories that have that same example. Same thing happens, different experiences. This is one of them right here in John 12. It's, I'm going to start in 28. And Jesus is speaking, and out of, out of nowhere, the Father speaks this booming voice. And it says this, Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. This is the Father. Booming audible voice of God. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. This is the audible voice of God and people experienced it. I don't believe that. I can't. So their experience was not just thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Okay, so maybe, maybe something happened. Maybe it was an angel. And Jesus said this voice was for your benefit, not mine. He knew he he had full, the fullness of faith there. He knew it was the Father. So same thing happened, different experiences, different lenses because of their belief. Isn't that fascinating? This happens all the time. Maybe the most classic example of this is Joshua and Caleb. I'll read it. Go to Numbers 13 if you want to read along. I'll start in verse 30. 
But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land. So, so the context here is the spies were sent out. They came back. Joshua and Caleb had this good report. The other spies, not so good. Um, we can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. <laughs> they are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. <laughs> we, we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next, next to them, we are like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Now, I'm going to jump around here. Numbers 14, just go down a little bit. In 22, it says, Not one of these people, this is now God speaking, not one of these people will enter the promised land. They have seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness, but again and again they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They will never see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. So these spies went out, Joshua and Caleb included. They saw the same exact people. They saw the same exact land, and they came back with a completely different report because of their faith. Their faith said, with God, we'll do it. With God, we will see this. And they were right. They were accurate with their faith. They thought, we can go into this land. They did. The others thought, we can't go into this land. And they were accurate. They didn't. And this is a principle I want to throw out there. This is really important. Your faith will always look accurate. You will always see it play out. Your faith is what you will see. See, both sides got what they believed for. And so often, we, 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 I get so arrogant with my faith. I, I like... There's so much more to every belief. There's so much more, but it's, sometimes it's hard to see because we're always accurate. If you don't believe in something, you won't see it. But if you believe it, you will. I think one of the classic examples of this is the cross. Same event happened. Everyone has a completely different experience of what they're receiving from it. And all throughout church history, hopefully there's a progression of receiving more and more from the cross. But there's a very different experience with the cross. Like the cross paid for so much that everyone's experience of that is different and there's a different access into what was paid for because of different faith levels. Are you with me? Okay. See, God is not disappointed in you. But if you believe that, you might experience that. That happens. 
And all throughout church history, there's been people who's like, God is angry at me. And their entire life, what did they experience? Probably feeling like God is angry with them. Because that was the faith they believed in. That was the lens they had. But the cross paid for so much more than we think. It paid for so much more than I think. And there's a progression of that. So faith is always going to look correct. No matter what. Um, How often have you and have I been on the other side of not believing and not receiving? I'll I'll tell you, it's, it's a lot for me. If you believe you are a sinner saved by grace, you're going to walk as a sinner saved by grace. You're going you're gonna to feel like that is your identity. You are a sinner, but at least you're forgiven. I'll try to go quickly through these. If you believe you are powerless, you're going to walk in powerlessness. And there's different angles of feeling powerful, feeling powerless. One angle, obviously, is if you don't believe that God could do healing through you, you won't see it. And if you believe that relationally you're just powerless to do anything, that's probably what you're going to walk in. But if you believe you're powerful, even in relationships, even if you don't have the right tools, it's like, all right, well, I'm powerful to go find the right tools. I'm powerful to find the right people to bring in. Being powerful. If you believe you are unlovable, I'm sorry. (laughs) You probably won't experience it. Um, Just to kind of go down this road a little bit here. Uh, A few weeks ago, I I was with God and praying, and God was doing all the right things. I felt like he was speaking, he was demonstrating love, and quite honestly, I was just, God, I really need it right now, but I don't feel it. And I I got to a place where it's like, God, I I felt like he spoke something to me of, well, what's your side? What's your side of it? And I, I realized that belief that I'm lovable, even to God, is fully my responsibility. And there's some nuance here, because yes, when we don't feel it, we want to communicate, hey, I didn't feel identity there, I, I don't feel valuable, lovable. Communication within that is so important. But, yeah, just as an example, with, with Noah and me, Noah's my son, he's three and a half years old, I love him to death. Uh, my side is I want to demonstrate it as much as possible. And my hope is that on his side, he believes he's the most lovable kid on the planet. I hope he believes he's the most loved kid ever. That's my hope. And I hope he brings that to the table as his side, because it's his free will. I can't force him. And when he believes it, and when I'm demonstrating it, it's right here in this middle that he'll feel it more than ever. And so even in relationships, there's two sides. It's, it's hopefully that full belief, and if we don't experience it on the other side, we communicate, hey, I didn't experience it. There's communication. And then it's their side to demonstrate it. And it's in this middle point where we're really feeling it. Does this make sense? Yeah. Okay. <sighs> this guy. Okay. So there's a lot of different circumstances Man, what you believe is what you're going to walk in. 
Um, this is another, oh, I love this point. So, a lot of times, again, I, I said we're accurate with our faith. A lot of times we justify our own life instead of saying, you know what, the word of God is accurate and I want my life to come up to his word, to his standard, to his belief, because it's, it's a high standard. And I'm not trying to say of like, you have all these to-do lists. What I'm saying is he has such high belief in you of what you can be in this life. What can, and it's so easy to say, you know what, I see what you're saying, but I want to justify my own life. And I want to water the word down. I want to water what God says down to meet my life and justify it. And then obviously we, we are accurate with our faith, so we just stay in this place. And it requires this level of trust. It requires this level of, you know, I, I don't know, but I trust you in your word. And here's a good example of this. I, I didn't, I wasn't raised um, believing in healing. I, I didn't believe in that. And again, I was accurate in my faith, right? <laughs> I was very accurate in my faith. I, I, I knew my stuff. And so, yeah, to be honest, I would, I would hear different stories and it would almost frustrate me because I didn't agree with it. I was aggravated by it. I just didn't believe in it. And what helped was I, I began to see stories, testimonies of people getting healed when I didn't believe in that. And at some point, I said, you know what? My life doesn't show that, but I'm seeing a fruit that I want. I, and to get to that point, I have to trust someone else's thought. I have to trust the word of God when it says that more than my experience so I can enter in. Okay. Let's go to John 6 because I want to shift over into this is so valuable. Faith is so valuable. It is worth standing for. It is worth saying, you know what? Regardless of what I'm feeling, I want to stand on this. This is so powerful. And so this is one of my favorite stories of this. John 6, 53. Jesus said to them, and he's in the, he's in the midst of his disciples, and he's, he's in the midst of this big crowd. Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the Father sent me, and I live because the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. So I'm going to go down to 60. But he's basically saying, you have to eat me. Like, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And everyone there is very confused 
Understandably so. This makes no sense to them. Like, obviously, in our context, we understand what Jesus is talking about. But to them, they had never heard this before. And he's saying, eat me. And if you don't eat me, you're wrong. Like, <laughs> so everyone's confused. You can understand the emotions that's going through the entire crowd, the emotions going through the disciples. Like, what are you talking about? eat you? That's sick. <laughs> that is disgusting. And so in verse 60, it says this, on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. <laughs> Who can accept it? And then drop down to 66. From this time, many of his disciples, and now the crowd, turned back and no longer followed him. And Jesus is, is seeing all these people leave. And his disciples are standing there. And just think about the emotions. I don't understand this. And, and, and I'm shocked by it, honestly. And it's, it's, it's shaking me because I'm seeing everyone leave. Could you imagine sitting there in that reality? And Jesus looked at them. He says, you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. And Simon Peter answered him. <laughs> I don't know why I get emotional every time I read this. Every single time. Lord, to whom shall we go? <laughs> you have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. See, in the midst of these feelings, Peter's like, where else would I go? Like, I'm trusting you. I don't understand what you just said. That makes no sense to me, and there's probably a lot of feelings, there's probably a lot of emotions, but he's saying, I'm standing here because I believe in you. And there's no one I'd want to turn to because I just trust you. So powerful to me. I love that story. And trust has that component of saying, I don't understand. And I have feelings, I have emotions, and I don't understand. But I'm looking at you and I'm leaning into you and I'm trusting you. Even, in I, even when I don't understand. And when you think about it, trust is most beautiful in the midst of not understanding. Trust is most beautiful in the midst of the feelings, in the midst of all the feelings saying, man, th this is a wave, but I am trusting you. <laughs> that is so beautiful. That's got to touch his heart deeply of saying, I trust you. Where else would I go? And so that is this unwavering faith that I want to stand in Faith is so powerful. Uh, again, it dictates so much of what we get to see in life. So there is a huge importance on it, and there's a beauty in that standing regardless. So I kind of want to switch over now to the feeling side of it because classically, it is easy for me to say, you know what, stand in faith. Okay, I get that. But I think historically, I really haven't done the other side well. 
And again, I don't want to live in these waves, not dealing with these feelings and emotions. Living in it eventually will get me. That make sense? Okay, so few things on our feelings. Is, is the right answer to ignore them just because you want to stand in faith? I'm glad, yeah, no, no. That's historically a lot of times what I've done, though, right? Um, do we just throw them away and it's like, I, I don't want to listen to that voice because those voices are wrong. You know, that's what I would do. Just shove them to the side, try not to listen to them because that's wrong to experience that. No. Okay, so the first thing I want to set up is that emotions aren't bad. This is something that, that came up in the connection codes, and uh, it really struck me because it wasn't necessarily what I believed. And so it really stood out, right? Emotions aren't bad. You know, a, a lot of times it was like, okay, what's the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so on. I, those are the only ones I want to feel. And the holier I get, or the closer to God I get, those are the only things I will ever feel. And that's not true. <laughs> Emotions aren't bad. And there's kind of, just take a breath in that, to sit in that. Emotions aren't bad. I'm going to give a few examples. Sadness. Sadness is not bad. In the word it says, Jesus wept. He felt sad for Mary and Martha. And in that sadness, there was actually something very positive from that, where they got to feel like, wow, he really cares. He's really entering into that empathy that you care about what I'm going through. Jesus could have been like, calm down. <laughs> the very powerful words that we all use. Calm down. <laughs> calm down. I'm about to heal Lazarus. Calm down. <laughs> like, he could have been like, don't be sad. Stop being sad. I'm about to heal him. But instead, he actually embraced sadness. And it was, he didn't sin in it. Okay, another one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I, I know there's, there's some challenge in this one. There's some tension in this one because we, we know the verse, perfect love casts out all fear. And I, I believe that because there is this maybe negative aspect of fear that says I should be afraid of God and run away from him. And perfect love does cast out that fear. But the fear of the Lord is this, this fear that actually drives us to him. That says, that's my dad. I, in any type of struggle, in any type of wanting truth, I want to run to him, not away from him. That's how I would currently see it. If you want to correct me later, sure. I'm, I'm curious. That's how I see it. But fear. Fear being actually positive within that. that interesting? Okay, this is a really good one. You ready for this? Anger. 
<laughs> John 2.15. So this is Jesus. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for the house will consume me. I don't think he was doing this with a smile on his face. <laughs> Maybe this is reading outside of the lines here, but I think he had some anger. I think he was frustrated, and rightfully so, because if you understand what, what's happening here, they're selling cattle, sheep, doves. Why? Because the people would buy those things at a premium, so they're actually charging more, at a premium to sacrifice them for righteousness. And so you can understand how that hits something in his heart that says, I'm going to die so that everyone has a free gift of righteousness. And this is a big deal to me. That it's not worked for. It's not something you pay for. I'm paying for your righteousness alone. And I think that hits something in his heart of this is my house. And they're trying to sell righteousness at a premium. And I think he felt really frustrated. All right, another example with anger. As I've gone and, and there's a new lens for me of like, oh, emotions aren't bad. Sometimes you just see things differently and it starts to pop up within the word. And this happened as I was going through the Old Testament. Um, I read this and it just, whoa, that was cool. First Samuel eleven six. This is before Saul was uh, king. When Saul heard their words, the spirit of God came powerfully upon him. Get this. So the Spirit of God comes upon him, and he burned with anger. Dang. The, like, the Holy Spirit comes upon him, and what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon him? He gets really angry. What? I don't think I would have seen this before. He gets really angry, and that anger, this righteous anger, stirs him to gather Israel and defeat the Philistines. That anger actually fueled him forward. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Wow. So in the Connection Codes book, uh, one of the lines that they say is, emotions aren't good or bad, um, but if you process them, they can be really good. And if they are unprocessed, they can be very bad. And with all of those there can be a negative side of it. There really can be, you know. It can either fuel you forward or it can be the poison that you drink. And so emotions are important. But, like I said, emotions aren't bad. So there's got to be a processing of them. Yeah? Okay. <coughs> um, one of the examples that was hard for me, um, to be honest, is shame. 
because there was such a thing inside of me I heard over and over and over, and I, I agreed with it, right, of shame is from the enemy. And so that emotion of shame, particularly, that was hard. And shame is not good or bad. But unprocessed shame is one of the most dangerous things you could ever have. It, is, it really is one of maybe the most dangerous emotion if it's unprocessed, because then it does become this, I am unworthy, I'm not enough. That is the worst. That is absolutely the worst, and I do believe the cross paid for not experiencing that. Super important. But shame, if you process it, and you bring it to God, and ask, what's the message it's trying to bring me forward into? The book has this example of shame will say, you're better than that. And so feeling that shame can actually be fuel into saying, I am better than that. My identity is better than that. And it becomes fuel into moving forward into who you really are. So shame is not good or bad. We have to process. Okay, that's a tough one. I'll let, I'll let that sit there. Okay, second thing about emotions. This is another one that hit me. Emotions just happen to us. <laughs> they just happen. You, you don't have to try and make them happen. They just happen. You don't have to try and get hurt by something. You'll probably just get hurt by something. You don't have to try and stir up anger. It just happens. And that's okay. <laughs> we don't try and have emotions. They just happen. Um, if they didn't just happen to you, it would probably be a sign that something's off. Like if you don't ever feel all of these emotions, it's probably a sign that you, something's off. Yeah. Like even with fear, fear helps you um, not walk across a highway. And if you didn't have that fear, it would be really unhealthy. <laughs> It's important. Um, but so often, it's like I'm trying to limit emotions. You know, in, in this spiritual side of me that says, well, emotions are bad, so a lot of times what I've done is, well, I need to limit those. And instead of trying to process it, instead of dealing with it, it's like, no, limit that because that's bad. Does that make sense? Okay, so what do we do with our emotions and our feelings? First off, like I said, we don't sweep it under the rug and just ignore it. We want to process emotions and our feelings with God and with others. Sharing your feelings is so important. Sharing your emotions is so important. So helps. And then noticing what's the positive message in it processing it to a place of what is the positive message that I can actually fuel me towards, even if it's shame, what's that positive message? Or with anger, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out another one. This is, this is juicy, this is spicy. <laughs> Politically speaking, anger can rise in us, right? This is a very common one. And if we process that anger, hopefully that anger leads us into positive momentum of doing something. The negative, if we don't process it, it can lead to disconnection with the people you disagree with. 
That's a big thing. Because we cannot have influence with people we're not connected to. And so if we are disconnecting from the people we need a message towards because of our anger stirring up, that is really unhealthy. But if it's moving us towards connection, actually an anger that says, no, I want to connect with you because we have a culture inside of us that I just want to connect and allow you to embrace and see. Okay. Second thing. I'm almost done here. Second thing about emotions is humans connect most through our feelings and emotions. I love this. Humans just were, were, were designed in a way where our feelings and our emotions are maybe the best way to deeply connect with someone. And as I've been realizing, it's like, wow, I've been throwing away one of the greatest opportunities to connect with God and with others. Like, the best way to connect with God is to come with him with all of our feelings, with all of our emotions, and saying, this is what I'm feeling. These are the emotions I'm having. These are the doubts that I'm having. All of it. He's not afraid of any of it. In fact, he's longing for those beautiful opportunities to connect because they're the best way for him to show that he sees you, that he sees what you're going through, that he cares about what you're going through, that he understands all of the faith doubts that we might have. He understands it all and wants that moment, that beautiful opportunity to connect with you in the midst of it. And so, yes, we want to stand in faith. This is so powerful. It's valuable to say, you know what? The word has this high calling. I want to bring my life up to what it says. Standing in faith. And at the same time, we want to process emotions well and say, you know what? Anything that I'm feeling, I want to bring that to the Lord and have a beautiful encounter with him because of that. Where I'm not worried about any feeling or any emotion I have, and he's not either, because it becomes a beautiful opportunity to connect with him. Amen? All right, let's stand, let's pray. I want to ask you, maybe on the feeling side of everything, what's a feeling or emotion that you felt like you needed to hide from God? You felt like, I should not bring this in front of God. It's the wrong thing to do. He knows it's wrong, so I shouldn't bring it right before him. Just ask that question to yourself. And if you find that emotion, that feeling, I encourage you to imagine that God is with you right now. God is everywhere. You, there's, it's impossible to imagine him in a place that he's not, so might as well imagine him right in front of you. 
And as you see him right in front of you, just share those emotions, share those feelings. And just imagine his response. Imagine him seeing you in the midst of it. Imagine first and foremost just his connection back to you. continue in that if you want, but if the other side speaks to you of what's an area where you know you want to be believe in that area, but somewhere along the way you just felt like you've let go. A part of your faith that you want to stand on again, believe for again, trust in again. And I just pray for God to meet you in that place as well. To be reinvigorated into standing on faith and belief. God, I just pray a blessing over your house today. Even over this next week. That every day we would know you care about our feelings, our emotions, what we're going through that we could connect through all of it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, everyone, have an amazing week. Next week is the launch. I am so Thank excited. Thank you for listening to The Pursuit Podcast. For more information about The Pursuit, visit us at thepursuitsoco.com.